0: Okay, Universe, here we go. That cleanup task I've been... circling the drain on? Well, I'm here to, in episode 28, give myself the birthday present of getting rid of all these random thought episode moments that need to be deleted or addressed. Well, if it's not worth addressing, it's worth deleting, and once I've addressed it, then I'll delete it. So... No matter what, we're going to clean up the clutter. And I'm going to start with the uh, conundrum of (sighs) living in a world where you don't know what information you can trust. And this even includes the resources to which you are most confident your best interests have been served and are being served today. Uh, as the control over the media has diminished from five or or two five, I believe it's five now. It could still be six. I haven't gone to look at the bad news, but I remember reading a report that we are down to five media conglomerates, and the best thing about getting down to five, four, three is you're finally in a position where you can 100% control the narrative and the group. And by that I mean you have consolidated power into such a minute point of focus that it is no longer of question what we're up to. The only question is how successful we are at realizing our goal, given the position of leverage we have created for ourselves. And if anybody doesn't want to toe that line as recklessly as it may develop, as self-interested as it's guaranteed to be, and as destructive awake it may leave in society at large by pursuing a myopic end game of interest only to themselves that's all possible in the circumstance we currently live this is why anti uh, monopoly legislation exists because if there's nothing I have confidence in being right on other than this, I don't know what it would be. And that is we humans, we are susceptible to being told what to believe, think, and do. And I know that runs counterintuitive to what whatever sense of individual momentum and life force you think you're realizing. But believe me, if you go and see the studies of situations designed to expose people's willing to conform to things they know are incorrect, what do I mean? There are psychological experiments done on people who are put in group situations where the entire group will start to act in a way that is clearly incorrect in an attempt to get the one person who is the point of the study to flip and start acting like the group, even though they know that what the group thinks is wrong. And people flip, I believe 70% of the population at large flips and 30% doesn't, or maybe eventually all of us do. But it is stunning <laughs> to believe that we are so willing to think we are wrong and that the group is right, that we will give up what is clearly an incorrect or a correct take on reality to join a group with incorrect beliefs And so, obviously, I I admit to being, I'm in the group that would have course-corrected. I don't have the the gumption. I would have known the whole time I was right, and I still would have course-corrected. That's spooky. Because that means that I'm willing to give up myself for the group. I am. I've done it before. I will do it again. I'm sure I will do it at a point when I look back and say, oh my God, that's why I acted that way. I was trying to please other people, fit in, do the right thing according to what those guys thought, instead of listening to myself. And I, I never made the transition because I always tried to figure out why I reacted so poorly in the moment, so I just kept trying to have moments where I reacted better. But because I could analyze a problematic moment where I wish I had done something differently, didn't mean I was equipping myself to do something differently. It just meant I was recognizing problematic behavior. If anything, by recognizing it, I was probably reinforcing its potential to recur. So snowball-downhill-rolling effect engaged, all of a sudden you're a bundle of stress where a moment in which to prove your mettle is nothing more than a moment in which to prove your insignificant, unworthy, inconsequential contribution to everything. Pause. So my take on the whole circumstance was from the wrong perspective. It's like I had walked in... Uh, To a room upside down. And I was never going to rise to the occasion in circumstances in which I had been mediocre before, unless I fundamentally looked at what I needed to do to succeed in those circumstances. And yet, how can you guarantee your success in a circumstance in which you failed before? Or how do you even initiate a pathway to success in something you have proven you can't uh, do well. And is there a real life example for, for this? Sure. Um, let's say that every attempt you've ever made to, um, to uh, present in front of a group, you have been uh, too nervous and too insecure to, uh, to not have moments in which you uh, you respond or you overlook the <laughs> uh, let's just say this moment right here that I'm having, trying to come up with a moment that describes this phenomenon mm-hmm. is a failure in itself. But that failure having been recognized, maybe I can move past it and get to a moment that matters. One of the things I had tried to change in my life but couldn't was lying. And I I do believe this is one place where I, I have something inside me that's broken because so reflexively am I capable of lying that I know it's unnerving at a minimum to almost everybody. And it was the type of quote-unquote, phase I was going through in my own head that after decades of true reflection is no longer a phase. It's in fact a problem that needs to be fixed and something that has caused more pain in my life than I ever wanted, intended, or was hoping to create. And then in attempting to change that by having moments where I didn't lie. Well, I might go a week or two or three, but eventually I was going to lie. And then it was going to snowball into an effect of, wow, I'm caught up in a conundrum of of, of faking it completely with these people. I need to skedaddle or whatever cowardly act I had on my agenda of fixing situations that I had let go awry. Okay, so then I got to the point where I literally thought I can't stop lying, but I don't want to be in positions of false reality with people. So I need a way to be able to recover in real time and say, I'm sorry, I just said that that was false. I'm meant to say something else. And I did this for a little while, but it was such an awkward conversation for people to receive that essentially it broke the situation entirely to come out with that level of honesty following deceit. It was not a good routine. It was a good routine for me because it allowed me to live in a reality where I could still be a liar, but hopefully be working toward truth. But again, here I was trying to fix situational truth with behavior that was still the old me, pause. So I gave myself enough width here that as long as I wasn't lying about stuff that was consequential or lying about stuff that was absolutely inconsequential, I pretty much was giving myself a pass because I knew I was a liar. And what I mean by that is I didn't want to be lying to somebody about being in law school if I hadn't even... Uh, enrolled or uh, applied or any other outright uh, untruth that had no business being in my life. And I'm, I'm wondering, did I ever, I may have, well, doesn't matter. The scale of the lie mattered to me because I couldn't eradicate my gut reaction to respond with, an, with something not true or at least untrue enough that I knew there was more I should tell, or I had glossed something that I shouldn't have. And this is what disappoints me about the propaganda law, is there is no room for presenting information that you know has a more stark truth if described clearer or with more information that you're withholding, or if something obfuscated were described in more detail. However it is that you're avoiding the the true transparency of what happened is bullshit. And it's also bullshit that you feel you have to do that. Because... The reaction of the crowd is the source of schadenfreude initially for most. Now, I don't believe it sustains that, but the truth is we have to be more accommodating to the bandwidth in which the human experience is... is, I thought the cat vomited. ...in which the human experience exists. And... Judging and shame and punishment and the detonation of someone's future over current actions or past actions. These are real problems for me. And not that I don't understand the motive, the even inclination to set right that which has gone wrong. But we would never seem to be getting to the why things have gone wrong. We seem to accept that wrong is a force of nature. Things aren't just wrong, they're getting wronger. If there's a wrongly way to wrong things out, we're going to wrong it. And why? Why is nothing getting better? Why are we happy that things aren't getting worse? Are we so unsure of our ability to come together and solve what are legitimate problems that we'd rather just apathetically watch it all dissolve into full anarchy and chaos? Maybe. But, um, having started there, I'm going to pause and go look for something of interest that simulates this conversation in a better direction. All right, universe, I'm back. Uh, You know who actually killed that line so much that it has been forever ruined for me is when Steve Martin in The Jerk, after hooking the vehicle to the church, comes back on the line with the credit card authorities to announce that the situation is now in complete control. Oh yeah, I'm back. Well, unfortunately I bring none of that confidence or bluster to this situation because the next thing I was going to try to address, and this one's a pickle, is knowing what we know. So how do we acquire knowledge? Well, there's intuition, right? There's the gut feeling. There's the idea that you've got a a read on things that is so true, you can bring up a confidence from it. You are absolutely sure you're right. And that knowledge is the kind of stuff we're filled with about all kinds of things. The problem with that knowledge is it's often wrong. Now, I believe that knowledge is the gateway to ultimate truth. But I think it has to be tempered. Because there's no question your intuition doesn't serve you correct all the time. All of us know that. And in fact, it's a disappointing realization that our intuition is susceptible to... Failure. Straight up. We can be so wrong that we are 180 degrees wrong. So, intuition, though unavoidable and certainly has, uh, I think, probably the least uh, footing in the entire canon of uh, epidemiology. Wait, epidemiology? Epistemology? Epistemology. Oh, shit. One of them is probably the study of bugs, and the other one's probably the study of words. But whatever the study of knowledge is, empiricism? <laughs> shit. Boy, you'd think as a philosophy major, I'd be able to say that. Epi- epistemology. It has to be, right? Oh, this is embarrassing. All right. Well, having an embarrassing moment about something you majored in is okay. Because that's the next category of knowledge, which is that which we acquire through the authority of our circumstance, whether that be libraries or professors or our neighbor who just knows shit or my boyfriend because I want to believe him or my dog because she's so sentient in these moments of emotional bonding. Okay, If and and this knowledge would be terrific if we could get rid of the authoritative side of it. Because sharing what we know is the essence of human experience. Go out, discover something, experience something, have an interaction with reality. And then because you have this wonderful thing called a mind, share it with other people who have the same wonderful thing called a mind. Point of life right there. But when that point of life starts saying, okay but I just got three different stories from three different people about that event that y'all went to. And I don't know which one of you to believe. And then somebody says, yeah, well I've aggregated all opinions and here's what I've got and starts to gain some authority. And then we start to look at them as having a trustworthy take on things because of their unique version of collecting data having access to witnesses, whatever it may be. Well, now we've given them the tools to be manipulative, to be manipulative, to manipulate us. How do we avoid that? I don't know. We can't, right? We can't. There has to be a a congregate... (laughs) There has to be a lesson in vocabulary after this particular recording. At a minimum, we need... A repository of knowledge in the things that up to this point make the most sense describing the reality as we have come to understand it. We need sections 1 through 100 of subdivision inside that scale because there is a ton of stuff to know. And none of us are here long enough to acquire any sort of true transient knowledge in the scale of human experience beyond that which we have the biggest questions about or that which interests us the most. I will never know anything about swimming with sharks. (laughs) No. I will know that that seems too scary to want to know anything else. And in many ways, our breakdown here is, I think, the root cause of our discontent. We no longer believe our authoritative body is trustworthy, for good reason. And I also believe that recovering this sense of, of purpose, that having a concentration of knowledge that has been means-tested across all questions is the glue of a civilization moving forward. I don't see how it's not. So I, I 100% think this knowledge acquisition is a valid and in most ways the most valid method of knowledge gained. But because it is susceptible to the worst manipulation we can suffer, well, there, there has to be some level of, of determination as to how this should be organized, that we know we can trust the body of knowledge we've acquired. That's a tough one. I'm not sure how that works out. But nonetheless, you learn shit because you're told this is how it is. So that's another way you you know stuff. And then comes deductive reasoning or rationalism or what is essentially the elegant knowledge of acquiring fundamental truth. Mathematics is an example of this. 6 plus 4 equals 10 is a statement that is as true today as it will be 17 million years ago, as it is 74 million years into the future. Some people will argue that sort of knowledge has no value if it is timeless. Other people argue this is the point of existence is to discover these timeless truths. People will put moral laws in these categories. There's a lot of um, of ways that the rational mind experience, can be described both in its extreme as someone like Descartes does, getting down to the one fundamental truth is that because he thinks he must exist. That's taking rationalism to its extreme. But if you are in a rationalist argument, it's very difficult to come up with an experience that isn't based on the thought of your existence in your head primarily. Descartes is sort of right, (laughs) but that doesn't take away from the next category of knowledge gained, which is through experience, or what is sometimes labeled as a false duality, in my opinion, rationalism versus empiricism, though there is some duality to it. The truth is you can't escape having both. You're going to have mental arrivals that are of the non-experiential variety thou shalt not kill I've never killed or seen a murder I have no experience with that but it's a truth in my head it's 100% there and yet though thou shalt not lie well how much of a truth is that None of us have lived a life that is free of a single lie. So, thou shalt not lie, except for these reasons. Okay. Then, is that empirically true? Well, it is. Except when it isn't. So, the... Experience of the world as you start to break down what you know from your experience of anything can become so laden in mistrust and cues that are misinterpreted that this is also a challenging place for knowledge to 100% be valid, which leads to the last way that we learn things is through means testing, or the scientific method. And this was sort of the... the (laughs) If you take the best of everything and put it into a standard whereby it has been measured, reproduced, and uh, and uh, re-observed... show the same outcomes that becomes knowledge you can believe in if every time you uh well i'm not going to go through the scientific method everyone is aware of what that is the downside of the scientific method is number one it can't be applied across every form of things we know you cannot test morality via the scientific method you cannot test Uh, Well, at, at the current level of understanding, there is a knowledge base that exists that's untestable in our real means, cause and effect reality that scientific method can test. So there are limitations. And even inside of what is seen as observable outcome, cause and effect, reproducible results are only reproducible and cause and effect and all of that in the reality we are experiencing right now here in this space, in this time, in these conditions of human interaction with this environment. So knowledge is a sticky, sticky, sticky thing. Because whenever you try to figure out what you know, it's kind of easy to determine you don't know shit because of the fallacies inherent in all of those structures of learning to know things. Rationalism is full of misunderstandings of the, the deductive process. What do you think straw man argument stuff, that they're, they're pointing out that your deductive reasoning has fallacies in it and we're prone to them. In fact, true re- rationalism comes down to things like Descartes or math. Because everything else, in some ways, is fallacious. And then empiricism, knowing this reality through experience, well, that's prone with error and fallacies as well. Scientific method is limited, appeals to authority, appeal to the worst in us, and our intuition is proven over and over again to be wrong. So what the fuck do we know? (laughs) Well, as they say, the wisest man says, the more I learn, the more I realize I have to learn. And that is the truth. In fact, think about this. Let's say that six of us blast into outer space in some cryogenic state to wake up on a planet where we discover one and only one book. It happens to be written in uh, what appears to be English. And I say appears because there is no sentence structure to it that is apparent. But having nothing better to do, we memorize the book. And so the random assortment of words that means nothing to us we know inside now. We can repeat it exactly. And some future date, we discover a machine that when the pages slip in, the words are rearranged for some algorithmic preordained uh, um, jumble into what is now coherent thought. Well, There was something in that book that was there to be known that we never had access to until it was interpreted and provided a key to let us see the bigger meaning. And I think life is filled with that. Where we've memorized the book, but we don't know that there's deeper meaning behind it. And if the knowledge you have is knowledge that doesn't pass all five of those tests, how much do you really know? How much of anything in this world do you really know? And yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I get it. You got to get on with your life. You got shit to do. You got the... This is what keeps people like me from getting the goddamn trash out every week. Yep. I agree. But we are in positions mentally right now where drug abuse is at an all-time high. I'm speaking to America. I don't, I'm speaking of America. To America. Even though I've got seven dots across the world that opposed, supposedly are downloading these recordings, silly enough. But in America, drug addiction... Psychological uh, counseling, seeking the seeking of psychological counseling, the hmm, prescription medication, numbers, suicides. What's going right? Well, I think in many ways. It's because we know shit's wrong. We know we're being lied to. We know we're being extorted. We know we're being manipulated. We know we're being taken advantage of. And we know that we feel powerless against it. How do we know these things? Well, that's when the experts keep telling us we don't know shit, right? In fact, what we don't know is how good we got it. What we don't know is that we're lucky it's this good because it's going to get worse and we're going to have nothing to say about it. And we're going to just take it. We know that. Well, I don't ask questions Because I want people held accountable for their deviant behavior. But I believe a lot of what we don't know is because people have been acting in a capacity that is deviant. And they don't want us to know. And ultimately, that's why I say I don't give a shit to punish anymore. Because knowledge to me is more important. Knowing what's going on in a way that I don't feel so internally discombobulated matters more to me now than holding whatever's going on accountable. I just want to open it up, expose it all, and decide from here how we're going to go forward so that we can count on the transfer of knowledge from one to another in a way that is uplifting humanity. No more lies. No more schadenfreude. No more deception. And if it takes no punishment to come to full accountability, I'm ready. (laughs) I don't care anymore. But I do care about the truth. So, what do we know? Well, we know life could be better than it is. We know that we've taken this acquisition of knowledge to the point that we have weaponry capable of destroying our planet. We know that we're such reactionary little turd burglars, little puzzles of (sighs) disappointment waiting to explode, that the idea that one of us won't eventually decide, fuck it, we know that doesn't even make sense. In fact, if we're honest, we know that having that level of destructive capability means it's over. Because sooner or later, through mishap or miscreant, the mistake of hitting that button is going to happen. We know it. and inside of all this knowledge we do nothing and I'm the worst of it like I've said this is all my fault living in this position hey oh I thought the did I miss the trash twice I hate when I hear the recycling truck and think it's a trash whatever knowing what we know has value Because when we don't know, we're left without measure. We don't have clarity that we can even move forward with purpose, with meaning. Because we don't know. We really don't know. So, when I say I don't believe in punishment, it's not that I wouldn't see a society built on honor, trust, and responsibility as having some element of... Dishonor and uh, retribution is a tough word, but I do see the value of scorn. Maybe, maybe, uh, I'm not talking about this because I don't know if I agree with it. But the reason I see taking punishment off the table didn't come out of some touchy-feely goodness vibe of Can't we all just get along? It's more, if a full reset is what's necessary to arrive at honest truth, at this point I'm ready. I mean, what else is there to say?